Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Hey, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We're going to be talking about a very important topic today, and that is getting out to a fast start in your matches. And kind of more specifically than that, how do you warm up most effectively for your matches? A lot of you listening have full-time jobs and you're working all day or, or maybe you're a student and you know your, your mind is not on tennis, your body is not on tennis and you want to get to the court and get out to the best start possible. Well, that's what today's episode is going to be all about. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, today's episode topic comes to us from Anne in California and wrote in and said, after an eight-hour workday behind a computer and a 45-minute commute, I had a tennis match scheduled for 6 p.m. I'm in Northern California Bay Area, and so the outdoor temp was around 45. And I'm sorry, by the way, that it took me a while to get to this. Uh, she wrote this in, a, I think, a, a month or two ago. I, I won, but I didn't get my footwork and rhythm going until the second set, as seen by my match score of 3-6, 6-2, Unfortunately for me, this is more of the norm than abnormal. I frequently can't get things going until the first set has passed me by. So my question is, how to hit the ground running with little or no warm-up? USDA matches, if any, if away, I'm sorry oftentimes don't allow for proper warm-up, mainly due to court availability before the match time. Do you have any suggestions for getting the feet moving quickly, possibly quick drills or exercises that get my focus on the court more immediately? Possible mental strategies as well, and in California. Okay, so we're going to split this up into three main sections, and we'll go through this pretty quickly. And this is not by any means meant to be any kind of exhaustive, you know, study of how to get ready for a match. And really, the main reason for that is everybody's a little bit different in how they prepare for things like this, you know, in, in athletic events. We all have different personalities, we all have different bodies, and we all have different ways that we like to get warmed up and get pumped up and get mentally and physically prepared. Basically, today is going to be a list of suggestions that I personally find helpful, and I, I hope that'll be helpful to you as well, Anne, and the rest of you listening. So we're going to split this up into three sections, mind, body, and strategy. And if this is basically in chronological order. You have the first opportunity to get yourself in the right mindset for tennis, and and especially in her situation where, you know, it, it's a it's a situation where she has a forty five minute drive, and it's not always easy after a full day at work. But you need to put those meaning work thoughts and those frustrations behind you and get into a competitive tennis mindset, which is very different from a work mindset for basically everybody. So one point I want to make is that mental and emotional distractions cost us matches, period. And this can be one of the more difficult parts of being an, you know, an amateur athlete, which is basically all of us. None of us are being paid to play tennis. And so it's not what we do all day, every day. 
And so when we take the other things that occupy our minds and occupy our time onto the tennis court with us, it very frequently will cost us a match because we're distracted. We're not focusing on what's important. We're emotionally not with it. You know, maybe there was a frustration at work and, you know, this happens in all, all realms of life. When you get home from work and you had a bad day at work, a lot of times it affects your other relationships, right? And it's no different with tennis. So our challenge is to totally leave that behind when we walk onto the court and just focus on the immediate job at hand, and that is playing the best we can on the court. So a few suggestions I have for that, and especially if you have a, a commute like, like Ann does and you have some time in the car, number one, audiobook. There's some... I ha I can't say that I've personally downloaded an audiobook specifically for tennis, but I'd have to think that uh, Mental Tennis by Vic Braden is probably an audiobook. Winning Ugly by Brad Gilberts is probably an audiobook. I should I should have gone and double checked on on those titles, but any kind any kind of audio would be great in the car. Now you're listening to my podcast, so you know my biased opinion is that that would be a good thing to listen to. And th this is not necessarily you know a strategy for winning per se, but it's a way to get your mind off of everything else that you had to deal with that day. So any kind of audio that will get you in a mental mindset for tennis, or at least get your mind moving in that direction towards those kinds of topics, I think would be a, a positive thing. The other suggest suggestion I'll make is music. Music can be really, really big for certain people. I, I listened to a lot of music before matches when I was in high school and in college, and I was, and I was competing a lot. You want to get yourself in the emotional state that you compete best in, and that's different for different people. Some people love listening to kind of classic, you know, inspirational rock, you know, like Rocky soundtrack, you know, type stuff. Other people like classical music. And that's that's kind of the emotional state in which they perform best, relaxed, calm, and that's what that's when they are best mentally. So figure out what's best for you in terms of audio input, both informational, which would be an audiobook or a podcast, and also in terms of music. And I would just lastly suggest that, uh, you know, if, if you just have a five-minute drive from work to the courts, go ahead and just go right to music and get yourself, like, get yourself emotionally in the state that you want to be in. If you've got 45 minutes, you know, spend 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes listening to an audiobook or a podcast, and then spend 10 or 15 minutes listening to music and just kind of get yourself relaxed and or pumped up or whatever emotional state that you perform best in. Okay, so that's mind. Let's go to body. The, uh, the number one thing here, Anne, is do not wait for a court <laughs> to start warming up, much less your actual assigned court to start warming up. You do not need an actual tennis court to begin the warm-up process. And I would guess, you, you didn't say specifically in your email, but I would guess that this is the biggest area that you could improve in. I, I get I get the picture, and I might be wrong on this, I'm assuming, but I get the picture that you're getting there and just standing around waiting for your court to go start your quote-unquote warm-up, which oftentimes you just have five minutes to do, or maybe it's 10 if you're lucky. 
don't wait for that opportunity. You need to start doing things physically before you ever get onto the courts, especially when it's a it's a situation like what you're describing where there's just not courts to go around. They're all being used, and so you're waiting for your turn. So you should begin with dynamic stretches, not static stretches. Static stretches are the the old school, like you're, you're holding a stretch and you're just you're just holding it. You're just standing there letting, trying to stretch the muscle. So like arm across the chest and just holding it there, that's a static stretch. You want to begin your, any kind of athletic thing, you know, not just tennis, but if you're going to work out or play another sport or whatever, you want to begin by moving your body in such a way that it's actually going to be used. And that would not be putting your leg up on the neck cord and just standing there and doing a hamstring stretch. The static stretches are what you want to do when you're done and you don't need to use your body anymore and you want to work on your flexibility and lengthening your muscles. I've read several uh, studies that show that static stretching before activity actually tends to lead to injury. So you want to do dynamic stretches. I'm not going to go over specific stretches right now. If you go to YouTube and type in dynamic warm-up or dynamic stretches, uh, even specifically for tennis, you'll come up with a lot of different things. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you to do a little bit of research there. But make sure you start off with dynamic stretches, and that's what you should begin with. Um, after that, I've got a, a bunch of different activity suggestions here and you can tailor make you know you can tailor your activities to what works best for you what you enjoy the most uh, jump rope is awesome for getting your heart rate up a little bit and warm getting your entire body moving uh, great for footwork also also eye hand coordination all at the same time so jumping rope is awesome I've been doing a lot of jump rope as part of my my crossfit workouts and you know it's just an old standby and it's, it's awesome. Great way to warm up. You can do just kind of general footwork drills, which I would definitely recommend. Um, side shuffles, karaoke step, you know, movements, uh, or grapevine, you know, back and forth. I would definitely do a little bit of that before you get on the court. If you have the ability to use a medicine ball and uh, nothing super heavy, but if you have a wall available to you to do some medicine ball throws, that's something else you could look at on YouTube. That Those are excellent to get your body warmed up specifically for transferring momentum you know, to an object and using your entire body rotating on both your right side and your left side for forehand and backhand, releasing and catching uh, with a bounce in between. Uh, medicine ball throws are awesome. Also, uh, to warm up your eyes and your hands, you know, your coordination specifically, juggling is awesome. There's actually a juggling tutorial on EssentialTennis.com in the video section. I believe it's under for fun, yeah, the just for fun uh, category. Uh, but juggling is awesome to get yourself warmed up. Also, just kind of in general, screwing around with your racket and uh, a ball. And I and I would do this after you know getting your body warm and getting yourself moving. And you you know you're probably within a couple minutes of of getting onto your court. You know, just bounce the ball on your strings. Maybe uh, flip your racket back and forth, you know, bounce the ball on one side of the strings, turn the racket over, hit the other side of the strings and keep going back and forth. You could, you know, get really tough, really tricky and bounce the ball. You'll oftentimes see pros do this, bounce the ball off the side of your racket, off the frame and see how many in a row you can get off the side of your frame. Little things like that 
can help your coordination get going, get your eyes and your hands going, and just kind of get yourself focused on, okay, I got to get ready now to focus on the ball. And you can do that. You can get your body, you know, activated in that way by kind of just doing little games like that. So that's the uh, my body uh, suggestions, getting the body going. And again, the most important thing here is do not wait for a court. And please do not wait for a court. As soon as you get there, you should begin doing these activities and find kind of a routine that, that works well for you and, and you enjoy. And if you, you know, any combination of these activities or things like this would be a great way, a great way for you to get your, your body going. Okay. Now, lastly, in an effort to get off to the best possible start in your match, we need to have a good feel for our opponent as quickly as possible. And that is strategy. Now, your job during the warm-up, and, and now this, this begins, everything we've talked about up until now is all before you even step one foot onto the court. Once you walk out onto that court, your job as a tennis player is to identify your opponent's favorite and least favorite shot within the five to ten minutes that you have to warm up. So this is not the time to take inventory and analyze your own technique. And this is what most people do during their warm-up is they sit back there on the baseline they're like, oh, okay, how's my forehand feeling? How's my backhand feeling? How, how, how's everything feeling? And they're like taking status report on every single stroke. Then the match starts and they've been super like hyper-analyzing their own strokes, but they have no idea what their opponent is doing or what their opponent likes or dislikes. Forget about yourself I mean, you walking out onto the court, you have a very good general understanding, hopefully, of your own game already. And yes, you want to be aware of what's working, what's not working any particular day, but that's going to be, that should be very apparent and very obvious to you as, as you go, right? As the match begins and as you start to play. However, your opponent, more than likely, you've never seen play before. And so you need to get to know them as quickly as possible. So a few suggestions for that. Feed, this is from uh, Winning Ugly by Brad Gilbert. Feed it, feed it dead down the middle. I mean, right, right at them as you're getting ready to begin a rally and see what they hit. See if they step to the right. See if they step to the left. And see if, see if they always step in that same direction. Do they, do they fa uh, not really favor either side? And they'll kind of go either way and they're, kind of, you know, they'll take whatever comes to them. Or when you feed right at them, do they always step to the left to hit a forehand? Or do they always step to the right to hit a backhand? This is invaluable information that you can gather right away within the first 30 seconds of your warm-up. Also, uh, what do they avoid? What do they go out of their way for? Maybe they go really far out of their way just to hit a forehand or a backhand. Or they didn't hit any backhands at all during the warm-up. They, you know, they go way out, of, way out of their way to hit all forehands, and they've been avoiding that backhand. These are all things you should be looking for. Also, um, take note of their neck game. Do they take volleys? Some players will totally skip warming up their volleys and their overheads. Or maybe they go up to the net, they take volleys, but it's only for like 15 seconds. And they, they hit like two volleys on each side. You know, they, they missed... They missed uh, two out of the four volleys that they hit, and they're like, all right, that's fine. They go back to the baseline, and they don't even take any overheads. The, these are the types of things that you need to notice. What, what does their technique look like? Their forehand, their backhand, their serve, their volleys. What, what 
what about their technique to you looks like, wow, how does that work? <laughs> Not that that's always uh, an indicator that you can win going to that shot, but oftentimes it is. So, so look for technique deficiencies. These are all things that you should be studying and watching closely during your five or 10 minutes that you have with them before it actually counts. And if you can have a good inventory of what they bring to the table before the match starts and you've warmed up your body and you've mentally put yourself in you know, an ideal state where you know you perform best, if you've done all three of those things, then you have set yourself up the best you can for success. Does that mean you'll always win? No, of course not. You're, you're always going to lose sometimes, and it doesn't even matter how well you play or how well you prepare. Sometimes your opponent will just beat you, and that's part of always part of the game. Uh, does that mean you'll always get out to a fast start? No, not always. But if you do all three of these things, these th three main areas, and I'm very confident that you'll give yourself the best possible chance of getting out to a quick, confident, and, and comfortable start on the court. So hopefully that's helpful. And if you have any further questions, please feel free to let me know. Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. I appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time to write in with your topic idea. It's a good one. All right. That does it for episode number 213 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Two people I'd like to thank really quickly. These listeners both left reviews on the iTunes Music Store since the last episode of the show. Hacking in Montana and also Scott F2. Thank you both so much for taking the time to leave a review. I appreciate it very much. And if you'd like to support the Essential Tennis Podcast, if you appreciate the show, there's two main ways you can do that. You can leave a review like Hacking and Scott did on the iTunes Music Store. Or if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that by leaving a donation at EssentialTennis.com slash donate. That's EssentialTennis.com slash donate. And with that, I'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. I appreciate having you as a listener. Take care and good luck with your tennis.